irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Talk radio and all podcasting platforms. This is Max and Friends. I am your host. I'm at your service, Max Tucci. Welcome to my show. Welcome to my table. Welcome to 14 years of being on air on LA Talk Radio. Now on all podcasting platforms, I still can't say it properly because I remember when this was internet radio and none of you wanted to come on because you're like, what's internet radio 14 years ago? So big up and shout out to Albert to be back 14 years ago. And internet radio was something that was just at the surface of technology and just slightly scratching the surface of what is internet radio. Sam saw the opportunity. Sam was prepared. And he said, let me start this network. And I go back to actually when it was BBS Talk Radio. And then Sam has LA Talk Radio. So there's so much history here. 14 years. May 4th is 14 years on LA Talk Radio. It, it blows my mind. Not that I'm on air and not that my commitment is still here, but that it blows my mind the industry and how podcasting has changed so much and has become podcasting podcasting <laughs> and now like virtually every i don't like to say everyone those who have shows have shows because not everyone has a podcast even though it seems that everyone has a podcast has a podcast but it blows my mind continually how the is wrong so i'd like to consider myself an og of the podcasting internet radio platform max and friends we have won so many awards over the years from communicator awards tele awards davy awards w3 awards and i say that not to boast but just to tell you that each show has intention. I'm honored that you're tuning in. I'm glad that you're tuning in. If it's your first time tuning in, tweet me, DM me, Twitter, Instagram, at Max Tucci. If you're not on Instagram anymore, then just go to <laughs> go to uh, Instagram, go to Twitter. I don't know where you all are, but all I know is that I'm here for you, at Max Tucci. So you can find me there. You know, I'm like excited because I feel like it's one of my first shows because I haven't done a live show. Bear with me in a couple of weeks. We've given you Max and Friends best of shows. You know that. So I never leave you hanging without airing something. <laughs> but here's the scoop. I have been working on the cookbook and Rizzoli is like thrilled. We're having in-office meetings in New York. That energy, New York is thriving. I'm on the train, I'm on the subway. And I'm like, you know, I feel like Mary Tyler Moore. I've got to throw my hat in the air and just be so grateful for the entire experience. So we're getting ready for it to be sent to, to be printed. And it's like on its way. And there's just so many moving parts and facets to this cookbook. So I promise you it is gonna be a sublime cookbook. Like even just picking out the color of the ribbons so that you can have a placeholder. And just, you know, being, I, 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 the daydream is this. And this is what I'm gonna share with you. And then we're going to have a wonderful guest on. Dr. Christy Vanacore is going to be here because we're going to talk about rewilding. I almost went into Barbara Walters. Rewilding <laughs> and what it means. But with the book, 
it was a 15 year process. Okay, 15 year process where publishers said, no, I've been through lit agents. I've been really like, you know, dragged through the mud. You all know about the scandal with that one publishing company that stole money. I mean, it was like insane. You all have been a part, <laughs> you all have been a part of it. I've been doing this book longer than I'm doing this show. Okay. So you all know the process. It's the elephant birth, which I call it. You all know that. But writing a book is the elephant birth. It's struggle. You know, it's pain. But at the end, it's beautiful. Once you once the book is published, once the elephant, the little calf is born, it's like the exhale. You know, everyone talks about waiting to exhale, the inhale, the exhale. Let's breathe together. Let's be in this time and space. I know you're all going through so much. And even if you're not and you feel like you are, you're not, welcome to this time and space right now because where we are is exactly where we're supposed to be. So with the book, 15 years, and it's when preparation meets to no matter what the work is, we have to do our work. And if this book deal that Rizzoli had given me five years ago, I wouldn't have been ready. 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been ready. So it's that preparation when that meets opportunity that the universe rises up to meet you and says, you did your work. You did your work. And so when you do your work and when you have that gratitude behind it, I'm speaking from my experience when I did my work and had my gratitude behind it, my elephant birth, the labor <laughs> was so much easier, you know, and, and we're in the labor stages of it right now. And this labor, it doesn't hurt. It's really good. It's really good. So I want to just welcome you to the moment again. And, um, Thank you. Thank you for being part of the show for 14 years. Thank you for suggesting whom I should have on the show. Thank you for being a part of the show. Thank you for all of your messages, your emails. When I have my good days, you love me. When I have my bad days, you support me. Thank you for being in constant communication with me. Thank you for downloading the shows. Thank you for nominating the shows. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's really, I, the standing ovation is for you all because without you, I'm just sitting here <laughs> like talking to myself, but knowing that no matter how many, if there's just one and this show changes one life, then I've done my thing. And if it changes money, then collectively, many, then collectively we're changing it together. All right, I've got to get back into this mode where I got to like, you know, there's so much energy today. And it's just like, I can speak a million miles a minute and I just need to pull back these reins. Inhale, exhale. And say welcome to the show. Dr. Christy Vanacor is a holistic psychologist, modern medicine woman, spiritual visionary and sacred storyteller who weaves enduring ancient wisdom with modern scientific paradigms to empower individuals and families to thrive. Her book, Rewilding, A Woman's Quest to Remember Her Roots, Rekindle Her Instincts, and Reclaim Her Sovereignty. Christy works with individuals all over the world through both private and collective healing experiences, including immersed retreats held across the country. And we're going to talk about it later, but maybe one here at the farm. We'll keep you all posted. <laughs> her mm -hmm. website is christyvanacore.com. You can find her there. You can love her here. You can buy the book, Rewilding. And welcome right now to Max and Friends, Dr. Christy Vanacore. Hi. Max, 
Hi, thank you for that intro. I'm so um, honored to be here. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, all time, I had a mute button when you were talking about, you know, book writing and, you know, the longest gestation period ever, right? Writing a book and birthing a book into the world. I was like, oh, dude, I am right there with you. <laughs> and um, congratulations, by the way, on, you know, 14 years being on the air. That's awesome. So I'm excited to be here with you. I'm excited because technically, you know, this is a new season for us. This is a new 14th year. You're my first guest of this 14th season. And what I love (laughs) about that is that, you know, like attracts like. And when Mm -hmm. I was asking for guests to come on the show and, you know, my producers and this and that, I'm like, I got your email. I'm like, that's who we have to have on for the first, you know, show because these are the intentions that I want to bring into this new season. You know, we've been doing this for a long time, but intentions are so important. And to have you, Dr. Christian, where Helixhop's author, titles that you have. And I love that because Mm. an author and a visionary is something we can all be with just tapping into our gifts. So before we get into your book, Rewilding, um, I love that I almost went into the Barbara. I love Barbara Walters, like energy is surrounding me right now. So I hope she's thinking, <laughs> we're sending her love and light. You know, she's been have really, she's been off the scene for quite some time, but um, you know, I, I just hope, I don't know why I'm, I have this in my spirit, but I'm just sending her love and light right now because I was going into we wilding. <laughs> wilding, the Barbara Walters 2020 special. So before we yeah. get into the book, let's get into Dr. Christy Vanacourt. Tell me about the genesis of who you are. Mm. Oh, I love that question. The genesis of who I am, right? That's, that's, a, that's a great way to put it. So ah, where do I begin? <laughs> I think who I, you know, who I am now is not always who I was, right? Mm. So um, the, the woman I am today, um, you know, this, this rewilded woman who, you know, is rewilded in my personal life, rewilded in my life in terms of a world server is like what I call myself and my mission. Um, it wasn't always this way. So I, I came into the world as a little girl, this mystical, magical being. I was very spiritual, very connected to all that is, you know, and, um, but it was really conditioned out of me. Right. So, you know, by well-intentioned people, I experienced trauma experience, you know, the conditioning of Catholic school, right? I experienced, <laughs> you know, <laughs> life, right? And and who I was, the essence of who I was, this really free-spirited um, little girl, you know, just got locked away and imprisoned. And, um, you know, it was fast forward to a really traumatic birth experience with my son, my first son, that catalyzed my, what I call my homecoming to myself. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten glimpses of her. And when I say her, I mean, you know, my true self, right? I had gotten glimpses of her through the years, you know, first when I was 13 and this image of her came to me and I wrote about her in my journal, in my diary. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, didn't understand fully what I was seeing and experiencing um, but, but it was very real nonetheless. And then glimpses started to come back when I started my training, um, in graduate school. So, you know, went to, went through high school, went through college and then went to graduate school. So I went to the Furkhoff graduate school, um, at, in the Bronx. It's a division of the Albert Einstein Medicine. 
doctoral program um, in clinical psychology and school psychology. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was always in me to help people. I knew from very, very young when I was that, you know, mystical, fiery, wild spirit that I was put here in this earth and in this time to help people. I just knew and I and mm-hmm. I knew I was going to change the world. And I know that sounds, you know, cliche, right? But at the time, I believed it. Like that was not too big or too lofty. I knew I was going to make an impact that that's why I was put here. And um, I'll ask this question before we continue. How did you know? How did you know? I, I, I can't tell you how I knew (laughs) it it literally was one of those things. And, and, you know, I come to find out later that, you know, I, I knew things a lot of times without really knowing how I knew it. It was sort of this sixth sense in me, this intuition, right? That I was there. And, um, you know, when I was younger, when I was little, my father uh, was a very depressed man, very isolated, had, had a lot of issues, a lot of relationship problems after he and my mom uh, divorced. And, um, you know, I became his confidant and I would listen to him tell me his stories that, you know, many of which were not appropriate for a little kid to be hearing, right? But it was in listening to the stories that I knew right, that I was meant to um, work with story, to hear story, to tell story, um, and to help people excavate their stories to find the light of their wounds. And, you know, I didn't have this language then, but it was Mm. this inner sense of knowing, right? And I was that person for everyone. You know, I was the one in my friend groups who everyone came to, right, who needed advice, who needed to talk, and I was the listener, and I would just take it all in, process it all, you know. And so it just really always a part of. I didn't know any other way. Um, mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah. To answer your question, I just knew it was just this sense of knowing that I was um, put here, you know, to to serve. And so going, you know, fast forward back to uh, going into grad school, making the decision to become a psychologist just felt natural. Right at the time, it was like, okay, you want to help people, you want to hear their stories and help them excavate their stories and share a bit mm-hmm. of your own. You become a shrink, right? <laughs> and you know, I I say that in that way because at the time, you know, this was in the dating myself here, but you know, this was in the the early 2000s, you know, and and um or 20, yeah, I'm I'm dating myself here. It was a long time ago, <laughs> and you know, the field of psychology was still this this um kind of like to have a oh you have to go to the shrinks talk about your problems when I told my family I wanted to be a psychologist they were like what like what is wrong with you why would you want to do that um Mm -hmm. but you know for me it was the natural way to help people and I had been really inspired by a psychologist who I met when I was in college who I sought out for myself because by that point I was having severe and debilitating panic attacks and anxiety attacks. And, um, you know, couldn't, you know, couldn't go to my family because at the time, you know, I grew up in a very Italian um, household and La Familia was the therapist, right? You trusted your family. You didn't go to a quote unquote outsider. And, you know, and we didn't have any money for things like that. You know, therapy was for the rich people, right? So, um, you know, but so I, I needed help, didn't know where to turn, took myself to the college counselor and, um, you know, really changed and shaped my life, Dr. Jeffrey. And 
um, at the time was also reading this book. This is an old book called I Never Promised You a Rose Garden. And it's a book by Hannah Green. And, and the character in the book had been diagnosed with schizophrenia and she was hospitalized and everyone wrote her off as crazy. But there was one doctor who saw her quote unquote crazy as a gift. Mm. And yeah, yeah. And he believed in her. I'm, you know, I'm getting chills as I'm saying this story. He saw in her what no one else did. Mm-hmm. And when I was reading this book in my intro psych class in high school, I thought, I want to be that person for someone, right? I want to be the person who finds the gift, right? Yeah. Who finds the gem and shows it to someone, right? Love this. And let me share with you real quick this moment, because, you know, when I talked about the book in the 15-year process, it took mm. Charles at Rizzoli, you know, the publisher there, to yeah. see that gem in me. Yes. And he's like, it's not about, you know, the cookbook is about my family when they own Delmonico's. It's not mm. about the restaurant, he said. It's about mm. your experience in the restaurant. And that right. shifted my entire paradigm that somebody yeah. saw inside of me what it was that the gift was. And that's why all those other publishers had to say no because they didn't right. see that gift in me. And I love that you wanted to be the person that saw the gift in others. That yes. to me is a beautiful, beautiful gift. But I wanna ask you this quick question. Earlier you said you, were, you knew that you were connected. You are connected to all that is. I believe yeah. that too. I yeah. say, I am of the I am. <laughs> yeah. I am. Mm. Is there a disconnect when panic attack and anxiety happens? for you. How did you feel yes. at those panic attacks? Because it's when we're connected to all that is, and if all that is says, be still and know, mm-hmm. how is it that panic and anxiety can creep into the spirit, into yes. the soul, shake the foundations of knowing that we are connected to all that is? How was that? Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm loving these questions, Max. <laughs> so by that point, when I was having debil- these debilitating panic attacks, right? By that point, I had been so conditioned, right? I had been so blocked. So, you know, I experienced as a child many um, traumatic experiences, right? And we know that trauma, right? It, it severs our essential connection. It disconnects us from our soul, from our essence, mm. right? It is a fundamental disconnect. This is, um, you know, the work of uh, Gabor Mate. He talks so much about this and I just love his work so much. And it really severs that essential connection, right? So by the time I reached, you know, high school, certainly college, I was so disconnected. I was living at that point um, according to, you know, just, just a set of personality traits that I thought was me. Right. I had become, you know, what what people would call now OCD. I was rigid. I had to organize things a certain way. I was obsessive in my thoughts. I had to only do things when the clock struck certain numbers. I was so disconnected and so lodged in fear. Right. So so that that openness, my childhood where I did plans, right, every (laughs) being that was closed. Right. My energy was closed. So trauma severs the connection with the soul. And what it does in the physical body is it creates dysregulation in the nervous system, 
right? And what it does in the energy body is it creates blockages, right? And Mm. we know science tells us, right, that a healthy system is a flowing system, right? Where energy is free flowing through us. Nervous system is in waves of regulation, right? And so we can be open and we can trust, right? The energy of trust versus the energy of fear. And so Mm. when trauma severs that connection, dysregulates the nervous system, creates blocks in the energy system, and we don't do anything about it, right? And so for me, nothing was done about it. Why? You know, this isn't like blame my parents. They didn't know, right? They were wounded as well, right? So they didn't know what they didn't know. I didn't know what was happening to me. I'm a little kid. Right. So now all of a sudden, all of this fear creeps in. I'm scared of my own shadow. I trust in nothing, you know, and I at the time was trying so desperately to grab onto something. And because Mm -hmm. I was being indoctrinated uh, with these very, you know, strict, you know, the strict Catholic dogma, Mm -hmm. you know, my granny, um, my grandmother, who I affectionately called Grammy, my Grammy would teach me about the saints and she would pin medals to her shirt and she, you know, <laughs> she, she would stuff my hands with rosary beads and she'd be, you know, wrapping, <laughs> wrapping myself in beads and we would have all the statues and say all the prayers. And in my moments of despair, I'd be reaching for these, you know, saintly people and no one answered, right? Because I couldn't I connected. Right? So let me so ask, because these were all, does. these are all, Absolutely. And these are all patterns and pathologies, too. You know, I was yeah. also raised yeah. in a Catholic household, you know, and an altar boy and all of this. Yeah. When yeah. was it for you that you realized you needed to disrupt these pathologies and this pattern? Mm. So I think that the greatest catalyst for me, right? So although I went for help in college, started speaking with Dr. Jeff, right? Who was that, you know, that psychologist who first inspired Mm me. Um, And I began to talk and I began to open ever so slightly. It was just, you know, it was talk therapy, talking about the same things over and over again. I wasn't really moving anything. I was still feeling stuck and I shut it all down and I stopped going and I stopped the work, right? And I went right back that I had adopted, right? This false sense of self, with bulldozing through, right? I be, you know, straight A student, perfectionist, achieve all the bells and whistles, check all the boxes, right? And, and thought that this was normal. I just thought this was living, right? And it really wasn't until the birth of my first son, that was such a huge catalyst for me. Um, because in that moment of birthing him, it was very traumatic. Um, we almost lost him, almost lost me. And didn't go according to plan. You know, at that point, I was that perfectionistic planner, right? I had, you know, the whole birth plan for how this kid was going to come out of me and come into the world, right? You know, I'm laughing because, you know, they say, they say when, when man plans, God laughs, right? (laughs) Yes. Oh my God, was he laughing at me. (laughs) And yeah, and my son had his own plan and I just, you know, had to surrender to it. But that really catalyzed for me, you know, the trauma of his childbirth um, really triggered everything that had been buried inside of me, right? Because again, we know what science teaches us, that trauma lives in the body, right? Trauma is not the story of what happened to us, the event that happened. It's what happens in 
outside of us because of what happened to us, right? So trauma mm. imprints in our cells, our muscles, our joints, our tissues, our organs, right? So every fiber. I have this. Now, me, every I have to ask fiber. because for those that are tuning in right now, you know, trauma always means something different to everyone else. But for yeah. you, define trauma and what it means. So trauma, and I, I love that you brought that point up because it's so true. People hear trauma and they think, oh, that means I must have endured something so But trauma really is, by definition, anything that causes a hiccup in our central mm. nervous system, right? So that could mean, I say this to people all the time, that could mean that when, you know, you were in first grade, uh, your classmates stole your lollipop and you cried and, and no one came to you, right? Mm. That could mean that you tripped and fell on the playground when you were six, right? That could mean that you, um, uh, you know, were, were swimming when you were 10 and, you know, lost your way and, and someone had to save you. There's so many levels and, and layers to trauma, mm. but essentially it's anything a that causes a hiccup in mm. the nervous system at the physical level, right? And as I said before on that more sort of soul level, right? Anything that creates that severing. Once the nervous system is in disarray and dysregulated, it's in a state of disease, disease, right? And once that happens, you know, there's, there's the trauma. So the trauma is the wrinkle. Mm. And then how do we iron out this wrinkle? Right. <laughs> well, that's where we're going to get into rewilding for sure. But um, what I'll say about that, about how do we get out of the wrinkle, right? How do we unpack the trauma, right? Again, it's first of all, understanding what it is. I believe very strongly, Max, in teaching people because the things that I'm saying now, you know, this, is, this is, has become second nature to me. I didn't know this years ago. And I work with people day in and day out. When I say this to them, they're like mind blown. They don't know, <laughs> right? No one yeah. taught them this. They don't get it. You know, I work with people day in and day out who are stifled, starving, you know, on that soul level, who are sick, whether it be with physical illness, psychological illness, some imbalance mm-hmm. in their life, and they don't understand, right? Again, they don't know what they don't know. And so I believe in teaching people about this, what is really going on. So I talk to people, I teach people, this is what trauma is. This is what happens in the system, right? Just like I explained to you now. Mm-hmm. And once you can wrap your head around that in terms of understanding what it is, right? It's not that you're crazy. It's not that something is wrong <laughs> with you. It's not, you know, for years we were living with the assumption that, you know, that it's a chemical imbalance. And I'm putting that in air quotes, if you could see me now, right? (laughs) That it's a chemical imbalance that causes us to be, you know, depressed or lethargic or have autoimmune disease or what have you. And that couldn't be further from the truth, right? Science has proven now. That is the first step to how we undo it. It's to understanding what's happening in the system. Then, once we understand how this can we take it, works. can we take it one step further? Yeah. Because for me, I think that the first step with anything is acknowledging. Yes. Is for saying, sure. yes, I've been through this. I'm yes. not alone. And this is okay. You know, there's so many people over the years, 14 years of being on air, mm-hmm. where I've heard people say, 
I can't admit that I had trauma in my life. Trauma, right. I don't understand it. What does it mean? I never went through right. it, you know? Right. And so there's that avoidance of the trauma. Does the Absolutely. nervous system still get even more wrinkles when you deny that there was the trauma? Yes. How does it impact 100%. the soul? Yes. Yeah, 100%. Now, I, I say this to people who step foot into my office, right? Mm-hmm. And I start explaining this. And you could see the wheel spinning, right? You know, you could yeah. see them like, hmm, okay, wait a second, right? And <laughs> once we start, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but mm-hmm. once I bring them into their bodies, okay? And this is a big component of the work that I do and a big um, component that sets me apart from uh, others who, you know, identify as psychologists, helpers, healers, et cetera, right? Is that we cannot heal trauma or any ailments, right? Even if we are not yet at the place where we can acknowledge trauma, we can't heal anything through our minds. It is through the body. We experience the world through this human body, through our five senses, right? What happens gets imprinted in the body. So as I start leading people into the body, right? And they begin to understand. And that's how we begin to excavate the story. The story Mm -hmm. lives in the body. It's not in the mind. The body remembers what the mind forgets. It's in the body. So, you know, jumping ahead a few steps into sort of, you know, how we do this, but it really is connecting with the body in very sort of primitive ways, right? So this concept of rewilding, for instance, and I know we're going to talk more about that, but it's about bringing people back to the essence of what it means to be human. Understanding. Oh, hold on. Pause, 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 pause. Say that one more time. (laughs) (laughs) Because it is the essence of being human. So what is that? Let's explain about that. That's something that you can't, you drop that nugget and we can't just let it go by. So what is that? (laughs) Explain the essence of human. Yeah, all spiritual beings walking a human path, right? We're all inhabiting these human bodies. And to understand, right, anything, we have to start with the body. So, you know, kind of a little thorn in my side now is, you know, all these spiritual beings, and again, I'm putting that word in air quotes now, all these Mm -hmm. spiritual beings out there who want to talk about rising and ascension and love and light and energy, and I get it all and love it all, and it's beautiful. However, however, (laughs) we have to bring it back to the foundation of who we are. We are in a human body, right? Our human bodies are nothing more than energy. We are nothing more than electrical circuits moving through skin and bones. Right. (laughs) Right? So what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing in this is grounding, you know, because I love to be a flighty person. You know, I'm, I've considered myself, it almost gives uh, because right, I really love right. being like, you know, out there. But I understand yeah. that I do have to at times tap into the grounding of my body to thank yeah. it for bringing me this far to acknowledge it, that it's not just these skin and bones, but it's my machine that's operating. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I that's why I love Colorado. I stick my feet like right in the earth there and I feel so connected yeah. to all that. Yeah. And, you know, so I love that aspect of, yeah. of grounding yeah. and checking in. You know, I love to yeah. check in with yeah. the body and just to be in that moment where, you know, 
for those who are listening, you're listening to Max and Friends. Sorry, I got to get to radio mode. I feel like I'm just talking to an old friend. But you are listening <laughs> to Max and Friends here on LA Talk Radio. My name is Max Succi. Thanks for joining us. Dr. Christy Vanacore is here with me now. We're talking about our new book, Rewilding. But right now, we're talking about so many other things. So if you're just tuning in, you are part of a really great conscious conversation. So follow me at Grounding. And yes, you know, it's important to check in with the body. And, you know, for me, and I know for a lot of listeners, at first, I learned about this a long time ago. My grandmother was a yoga teacher and, you know, we did yoga and then chanting and she flew single engine planes and, you know, so it was always all over the place. Mm -hmm. But the point is for people who are tuning in tonight and they're saying, what the hell are these two talking about? <laughs> what is this mumbo jumbo? And here's what I know for sure. Like you said, when the paradigm shifts, all it takes is that one time. So if you're tuning in and you're hearing something that's making you feel maybe a little uncomfortable, don't turn us off. Keep listening. Because I promise you that shift in the paradigm is that first step of acknowledging the beauty that you are, the beauty that you are created to be, the beauty that you can bring, the beauty that you have within. You know, I'm from. We are here to offer so many things to, I like to say, to die empty, meaning no gift that you have is left. You've given everything of yourself. If you're ready to take that step, then stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. So with that said, I feel like I had to say that. <laughs> but Dr. <laughs> continue with, with the body and what it means yeah. to, to check in with it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, you know, I, I love what you just said about you know, pointing out that topics of conversation like this can make people feel uncomfortable. And why it's uncomfortable is because a lot of this goes against the grain of what we've been taught to believe. I call that our domestication, right? Or I that in my book and in my program, the domestication, right? So we've been conditioned to have certain belief systems, right? We've been conditioned and we've gotten so far removed the human and it's really very simple, right? It's not complicated, right? We are energy beings. We have energy moving through us, right? And we are also equipped in our physical body with a nervous system, right? And in order to function healthfully in the world and to be resilient, to deal with the, you know, ins and outs and the ups and downs and the challenges of life, right? We need our nervous system to be resilient. We need them to be regulated, right? If we want to relax when things get stressful, again, we need that nervous system to be regulated before we can get into relaxation. There's just uh -huh. fundamental principles, right, of what it means to be human. So if we look back, for example, you know, to the way that our ancestors lived, right, and, you know, our ancestors spent their days, you know, they rose with the sun, they hunted under the light of the sun, right? They ate if they harvested the sunset, right? They didn't rely on clocks and calendars and to-do lists, right? <laughs> they, you know, they gathered in tribes, you know, for ceremonies and rituals, right? It was very simple. Our human bodies have been designed to live in relationship with nature, Right. And these are, again, what I'm saying, you know, this isn't rocket science. This is just, again, the essence of what it means to be human. But nobody taught us this. Right. Nobody is telling us this. Nobody is reminding us that. Wait a second. You know so what? I'm going to ask you this. Have... Why, why you? Why you? Why are you the one to tell us about this? Because it wasn't until I rewilded myself 
It wasn't until I realized how far removed I was from my essence, how disconnected I was from my soul and my truth, how sick I was carrying multiple diagnoses of chronic health conditions. That was me. And it wasn't until the day that I wanted to end my life while I had a young baby, you know, um, it wasn't until then that I realized like, oh God, something, something is so off. Something is so wrong. I need help. And it wasn't until I started my healing journey. That was a vision quest. Really. It was, it was a quest to reconnect with my truth, right? To reconnect with my essence, to learn everything that I needed to learn about my mind, body, spirit connection by unlearning all the domestication. That's that right there. That rewilding journey, right, is how I reclaimed myself. That is how I became healthy and whole. And by the way, I'm not saying that, Nina. I'm humbling human, just like everyone, right? The journey continues. It never ends. But the point is that I saw what this process of rewilding could do. And I know that every leg of my journey, all the nuggets of wisdom I can accumulated were not mine to keep. They were mine to share, right? That was what I knew from a young girl of four and five and six, when I knew I was going to make an impact on the world. And I knew I was here, right. To, to help and to serve. Right. Mm. I knew at multiple times in my life when I saw experiences that I lived through and then I was called to help others with that same experience. These were my confirmations that I was going to help others through the light of my wounds. So why Mm. me? It's because I've lived it because I have these stories to tell. I believe sharing our story. That's our medicine. You know, I love the Maya Angelou quote, when we learn, teach. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And no experience is ever wasted. So if we are in the position where all of our experiences have taught us, it's now a wonderful opportunity to teach others. And that's what your book, Rewilding, is about. Here's the story. We've got to break this down because I'm getting a, a, a message in my ear that we need to start wrapping this up, which I can't believe. We haven't even oh touched gosh. the book yet. <laughs> so here's what I would like to do so that we don't have to rush through it. Would you join me? We'll figure this out, but if we can, if, can you come back next week? We'll figure out scheduling when we can do it because we're going to have to have the, this usually happens with Max and friends. We have to turn it into a part two because there's so much I to discuss. It. Are you I able to it. join me again so we could do this again? Like Absolutely. Next, I would love to. Next week, we'll, love we'll to. do it. All right. Then I can take a breath and have, well, have a great day. Right. <laughs> Good night right. All right. Cool. <laughs> so I love it. That way we, we can take a breath and we can pace this out properly because there's so much to talk about, you know, and, yeah. and here's what I love about new season. You know, spring is in the air. I love that Max and Friends is like in May, it's spring, you know, the rains are hopefully coming to an end. (laughs) And with the rain, there's growth and rebirth and the decision to make changes in your life are present. When we see growth and when we see nature and when we see the flowers and the trees are all starting to bloom, what's blooming inside of you? What makes you want to rewild yourself? So Mm. with that said, what does it mean, Dr. Christie, to rewild? Mm. Okay. So rewilding, it's this really cool word, right? I'm in love with this word because of all that it means. So essentially, this is about returning.
right? Restoring and reclaiming that essence of humanness by freeing mm. ourselves from domestication, from social conditioning, so that we can reconnect with our roots and rekindle our instincts so that we can reclaim the inherent joy and passion and curiosity and, you know, instinctual wisdom and the potent self-healing capacity. We are self-healers. We can reclaim mm. all of that, which is critical for us to experience physical, psychological, and spiritual well-being. So it's really about a process that brings us back to that. And the word rewilding, it's really interesting where this word originates from. It's a word that comes from land and animal conservationists. And, um, you know, maybe next week I'll tell the story of how I stumbled upon all of this research because it's a really fascinating story. But um, the, the land and animal conservationists, right, these are, these are people who were beginning to notice that certain animals, when they had become domesticated, right, they were becoming sick. They were becoming really aggressive. Many of them were dying from these like very unexplained illnesses that nobody uh -huh. could figure out, right? And in the same vein, lands, right, the terrain, right, all, you know, as humans intruded upon them and they became domesticated, right, you know, plant life that was once flourishing died. And species of animals that lived in those lands were, were no longer there and they couldn't understand it. So these groups of, of researchers and conservationists said, you know, what would it be like if we took these animals and we brought them back into the wild, back to their native lands, back to their roots, what would happen? You know, mm. and a fascinating thing happened. These animals suddenly healed. They were no longer sick. They were no longer aggressive. Right. And the same thing for the land. Suddenly, you know, what, what started dying was flourishing again. Uh. And so this concept of rewilding, right. You know, they were like, wait, we're on to something here. So human rewilding is the same. So it's exploring the ways that our ancestors lived, for instance, right. And rather than seeing them as antiquated, we look at them as the foundation for how yeah. our human bodies are intended to live. And we learn how to integrate that into our modern life, right? This isn't about, you know, abandoning our modern 2022 life and, you know, going to live in, in the woods somewhere, right? It's about integration. So we unlearn the domestication and we return to our more natural and wild states of being as humans. And critical, Max, scent of people yeah. are currently sick chronically sick, okay? Everything from chronic digestive issues to autoimmune issues to depression, anxiety, attentional issues. I could mm -hmm. go on and on, right? This is alarming. And I would even challenge the 88%. I would 100%. think it's even worse, especially with what yes. we're coming out. <laughs> yes. You know? Because, you know, but that, here's what I know 80... for sure. Here's what I know for sure. It brings me back to the um, beautiful Gloria Estefan song, Coming Out of the Dark right? Yes. We're able to do that. Rewilding yes. is like coming out of the dark. It's like seeing the light yes. again. We're going to talk yes. about it next week. I love that we can yes. leave it here because I know that there's like a percolation <laughs> in curiosity. Yes. How can we let this happen? How can we re start rewilding? And what does it mean to actually get into rewilding? 
So this is the question we're going to ask. I love that this turned into this because as you were saying that about the animals and the land, it's like I could weep just knowing that yeah. they found their joy again. Mm-hmm. And how it's can possible. we find joy again? And it is yeah. possible. We're going to do a quick lightning round because then we got to wrap it up in like one minute. So lightning round, say a word or a sentence that um, when I say this word, what it means to you. You ready? I'm ready, I think. Okay. <laughs> the word trust. Oh, trust, openness, and acceptance. The word fear. Fear, closure, domestication, mm-hmm. cage. Wow. <laughs> the word energy system. Mm. Flow, harmony, synchronicity. The word surrender. Mm-hmm. Freedom. Mm-hmm. And the word joy. Uh, bliss, ecstasy, our true self, our purpose. I love it. And the word that I leave you with is rewilding. It's a great book you can go get right now by Dr. Christy Vanacore. We're going to have you back next week. We're going to continue this conversation. The book, Rewilding, A Woman's Quest to Remember Her Roots, Rekindle Her Instincts, and Reclaim Her Sovereignty. It's possible for you to do all that, too. So stay tuned to Max and Friends next week because we're going to continue this conversation. Before we go, what is it you want people to take with them into this next moment? Uh, Awesome. So I want people to understand that um, they... It is possible for them to experience joy, to cultivate joy, to get back to the essence of who they are, and to trust that that possibly is possible. For- it's a song that we used to sing back in the day. <laughs> joy, don't let nobody take your J, don't let nobody take your O, and don't let nobody take your Y. J-O-Y, it's inside of you. It's always there. Tap into it, own it, cultivate it, love it, hone it polish it, dust it off, do whatever you need to do with it because it's already there. Joy rising. Own it. I love you all for tuning into Max and Friends. Dr. Christy, where can we find you on social media? Oh, Max, thank you. I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram, Vanacore, um, Embody Your Wild. My website is christyvanacore.com. I'm also on Facebook under Dr. Christy Vanacore. Um, I love to connect with friends. You know, I'd love to meet people from all over. So send me messages. I would love, love to connect with you all. Beautiful. And we're going to connect next week. You're going to be back on Max yes. and Friends. And until next time, I love you all for listening. You know, for sure. You remember to take life to the max. I'm Max Tucci for Max and Friends.